Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman, and today I'm recording from the mobile studio, something I think I'm going to try and do a handful of times each week. That's going to be what I'm pushing for, is uh, just some kind of simple, shorter format of a show that I put out uh, more often. And uh, each week, I think I'm going to go through just a pretty set number of things that uh, I'm trying to get done uh, for my work as a young photographer. I don't know. I guess that's what it is. I'm almost a pro. Uh, I seem to get paid for it, which is pretty cool. Thank goodness. Um, So some of the stuff that I was thinking about this week uh, was uh, looking for cheap autofocus lenses that are out there. And I haven't really got too many of those right now. I really don't have many lenses at all when it comes to the camera equipment that I've got. And it's because I've never really had very good gear as a photographer, which has always uh, been a frustration of mine. I've definitely been been one to have gear envy, at least here and there. But uh, but most of it isn't really gear envy. It's just, uh, I guess I've been Spartan in the way that I would approach acquiring camera equipment. And I think probably too Spartan at times. I, I picked up um, my, well, to start off, I have the, the Nikon D3 that I shoot with right now, which is a great camera, a good kit. And then I have the Nikon F4 with the battery grip, which is pretty much the F4S. Uh, and so I really like those two cameras as, as they are. I thought about picking up a Nikon F5 in the past, but I sort of felt it out. And I figured that would just be, uh, it would just be extra it'd be fun to have i suppose they're not that expensive so it's possible if that's what i really needed but i don't think that's what i need to make uh to make more art or uh, to make to make different things so maybe someday i could sell some things off but for the for the most part that's those are the two camera bodies that are in my bag that i would that i would use or work with but i have this number really quite a few other cameras that i've sort of picked up or collected or, or purchased in the past uh, for some amount of money, but they don't really seem to be worth anything now, and I'm not really sure what to do with them. I'm probably going to sell a few off, but I was thinking about how I need to make these cameras a little bit more purpose-built or uh, or to, to, to give these old cameras some kind of specific use so that it would come up that I might I might try and use it more often. So I had the, the two cameras that I talked about, which really I don't use them enough as it is. So I want to build them up and, and make that work out well. But I have this, uh, like the Nikon, the FJ20. That's the camera, the film camera, this manual focus film camera. It was built back in the 80s. It's uh, that nice kind of metal... Uh, finished steel look and black that the the manual focus film cameras used to be back in the in the day when you see kind of that classic look that's what i shot most of the the photos that ended up in the working with film ebook that i uh, that i wrote and put together back in 2013 uh with a lot of the photos from 2012 and i still have it it sits on my uh, on my desk at home but uh, i don't really shoot with it very much because i've kind of moved on to shooting with the d3 but if I'm shooting film, shooting with the F4, which uh, which I've just uh, you know kind of gotten used to, is the the most recent one that I have. And I, really, I appreciate having the autofocus. I think that's the big thing that uh, I just can kind of cross over f- with the lenses that I've got, and everything you know works pretty well. So I want to jump back into using the FJ or FG20 because it was really a cool camera. It worked very well, and um, I'd kind of flirted with the idea of selling a few things off, and then like buying a Leica. Or something like some some kind of rangefinder or some uh, medium format camera that would be sort of novel in the way that it looked or how classic it was, uh, and I had kind of sold myself on the idea. And then I 
think I sold myself off of the idea because I really wouldn't use that, at least in the way that I would think. I could probably put $2,500, $3,000 into some cool Leica kit or some cool Hasselblad and lens and pistol grip, or I can put something cool together that I would likely not really use that much in the same way I would likely not really use that much uh, some some fancy thing that uh, that would probably end up getting broke that's uh, classic and old. I don't really think I have the uh, the cash to be that kind of a photographer. So um, so what I was thinking is, well, I should just take this old equipment that I have and make better use of it, or, you know, make something cool out of it. So I'm thinking about taking this FJ... Oh, should I always say that? I think it's the FG20. That's the one I think I'd be looking for. And uh, the FG20 is, like, a pretty basic camera. I think it was really just a, a kit that, like, a lot of students would have used... If, uh, if they were, you know, getting their first camera or, or, you know, like a family would get that if they were looking into getting a DSLR to shoot with early on. Um, so it's a great camera, but it's pretty simple. I was thinking about adding a couple things to it and I was looking at, uh, pistol grips online, but I want to do a modified pistol grip. There's really no accessories built for that camera. Um, but what I've been thinking about is I have, uh, I have this, this cherry this, uh, the, these like wood logs that I have that are aging right now. And I want to try and take this wood and then cut a piece out and build for myself like a custom pistol grip or a custom, I guess it would be not a battery grip, but like some kind of ex- extension block for the bottom of the camera. You've probably seen him. You might even see him around on uh, something like Etsy or... Uh, well, yeah, probably Etsy would be one of the best craft places to t- try and take a look for it. But I've seen them out there where there's these uh, these kind of CNC machined etched pieces of a nice wood like walnut or cherry or uh, you know some some other kind of alder or something um, where they they have the wood and it's finished, but it's kind of form fit and CNC machined so that it that it fits onto the bottom of like a new Fuji camera body. It's like kind of purpose built for that camera. And it it sort of forms like a little handle or some little piece on it, or it just fits at the bottom. And uh, I was thinking about uh, something like that, but only if I could really do it in a way that that looks really sharp. Uh, the other thing that I was considering was building a couple of uh, pistol grips. And I really like shooting with a pistol grip. I think most people don't really take advantage of of what a pistol grip can do. But I've appreciated um, having something, having some other better, stronger handle for my left hand to take hold of when uh, when I need to kind of rest my right hand. Or, or, or really, what I like is being able to bring both hands up to my eye, and I feel like that gives me some better stability when I'm trying to to frame up my picture. Um, and it, you know, it's it's nothing. I mean, shoot, you know. Anybody knows you can shoot with the camera the way that comes, but uh, but I have liked that when I've when I've been out and uh, trying to work for for a longer amount of time. Um, so I was thinking about just for the novelty of it, making uh, making a pistol grip with this uh, this old or this yeah this redwood that we have that I can uh, sand down and kind of form fit to the side of a, like a handle for a pistol grip. Maybe there's some other kind of cool feature I could build into it. It probably wouldn't be a shutter button though. I don't think I'd be into a a left hand shutter for most stuff. Uh, but I do like the idea of uh, having like a pistol grip there and then having the wind and the shutter on the other side so you can kind of uh, have uh, like maybe a little bit more of a balanced camera. I was thinking about setting that up for, for just that type of that one kit and then setting like that that manual focus film camera up in this cool way 
that I would want to go out and use or use for something uh, more specific. I, it came with a 50 millimeter 1.8 pancake lens that was manual focus. It's not, it's not the sharpest lens out there, and uh, but it's really very adequate and it's a, it's a good lens for a manual focus camera. But I've been interested in what it would take to go out and find a few different lenses or a few different autofocus lenses that would be inexpensive and cheap to kind of add on board into the photography collections of lenses that I've got. And I've actually, over even the last six months, I've gotten rid of a number of lenses um, that I'd previously purchased in the past for you know some discounted price. And really, mostly it's because they, they weren't that good of lenses. They're not, they're not exceptional glass. And I was thinking, well, I should really kind of cut down or cut back on a few of these lenses and then reinvest into some other things that might be a little bit more functional for us. And I think we did do that, you know, with a, with a number of uh, pieces of the photo gear this past year. Um, so just kind of thinking about the 50 millimeter one on the manual focus FG 20 Nikon camera, I've been thinking that it'd be cool if I could find, uh, like an 80 or 85 one four, or some old versions or some manual focus version of an 8514 uh, to make it like a really killer film portrait camera. I don't know. I just have some cool roll of uh, Kodak Portra in the camera all the time. And it's set up with the 8514 to take, uh, you know, cool walk around town portraits with. Maybe that'd be a cool thing to do. I don't know if that would ever make sense, though. It'd probably be uh, an expensive enough lens or purchase that I'd probably just want to use it on all my other cameras. I think the lens I was looking at for that was this uh, this contacts lens. I think that's what it was, but it had like uh, the Nikon mount to it. It looked like uh, it looked like a, a real uh, sharp lens. Just aesthetically, it looked like it was a uh, uh, kind of an interesting like metal, and it was manual focus. It's a new lens. It's it's a uh, it's a modern build of a lens, but it was like a manual focus lens. I think because it's a uh, so fancy, it's not autofocus. I'm not quite sure what that is. Maybe it's the same as the Rokinon one for uh, for 400 bucks, brand new. The the 8514. Uh, that's uh, like a manual focus you can pick up. Oh man, there are bees outside. Bees are bouncing off the window of my truck, which is the mobile studio that I'm recording from recording this wonderful podcast from so other stuff that's going on outside of my uh, search for some new autofocus lenses that uh, that i can throw into the mix make some special kits out of like well i guess to finish that out i have like the the d4 d40 i have the d40 that i've had around forever nine years now this is my first camera it's still just got the 18 to 55 kit lens on it right now and it's stashed in the back corner of a room i should probably lend it out to someone to use or to shoot with for a while if they'd want it or think it was fun but um but i want to try and find like some other some other nikon kit lens that came with uh you know the d7000 whatever that one whatever update lens it was for it i should throw that onto the body and you know go shoot around with it or, or have it have it set up to do um to do like some action thing or get dunked or get burned or i don't know just get used up before uh before there's really no use that it could make for me so i don't know i was trying to think of uh, other stuff to do with it but um yeah the other stuff i was thinking about was uh how tough it has been for me to keep anything on hootsuite 
you guys don't care about that but how how bad my scheduling has been for uh getting any of these uh like social media posts set up and online what i'm trying to do all the time is shoot the pictures edit the pictures and then prep them to be published or to be sent out with uh with some kind of column or text or tweet or 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 some little blurb or paragraph about the picture with it uh which i hate doing that's probably what slows the process down the most other than me just not taking enough photographs to fill the need um which is uh something i'm trying to excel at but i have a ton of photographs they're set up they're kind of backlogged and a lot of this stuff has been kind of purpose built where it's like just sort of somebody else's family i'm taking pictures of or someone else's wedding i'm taking pictures of and so i don't really get to share those out as much fortunately gets to me it means i get to earn a little bit more money it means i get to do a little bit of my photography sort of focused and with a purpose to something. Uh, but it means that I have a little bit less to share about the, uh, you know, exploration of things around me. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go through today and I'm going to make a big calendar. I think I'm going to make a year long calendar. That's been the effort for a long period of time now that I've just, uh, not followed through with, but I think the concept is that I'm going to go through and pull 365 photos and then I'm going to, make sure that there's a post scheduled for each day of the year that's the uh that's the the marketing goal to accomplish this week finally after six months i uh, i finally put out in a probably a pretty weak way i finally put up uh, a hosted version of the pdf that was for uh the two ebooks that i wrote back in 2011 12 and then 2012 13 uh so those are finally out you can probably look them up online on my blog it's probably like the last two or three blogs from uh, august um and it's cool it's cool seeing those photos up but it's uh it's kind of trippy so i'm gonna try and put a bunch of links in uh and a bunch of uh a bunch of other photographs in a in a good rotation for the rest of the year and then on top of that we'll have every new photograph scheduled uh to go out you know just as they as they come up so right now i think i'm looking at like 50 today on Instagram, you guys should go check it out. Like it if you see it. You'll probably listen to this some other day and see other photos for the day. But today, if you're fortunate enough to get the Billy Newman Photo Podcast, you will see the uh, Instagram photo I posted earlier of the Seven Devils Mountains in the Hell's Canyon, uh, like National Forest area or National Wilderness area. It's a really cool spot. Actually, you know, I don't even know if the Seven Devils are in Hell's Canyon. I was in Hell's Canyon. And uh, I don't know if I've talked about that in a long discussion on the podcast yet either. Should probably break it down. I think I've had a few, uh, a few other things that have come up, or other podcast things that I've done that it, that we talked about it, but uh, but not on the Billion Human Photo one. So we got to do that. So I was out in uh, Hell's Canyon to cut to the quick of it, and uh, the photograph that yeah I put up on Instagram today is of the Seven Devils Mountains, just on the inside, the western edge of Idaho. Uh, kind of where you start getting into the panhandle section of Idaho. And that's a real mountainous area over there. I, I guess it's a, well, it's it's a pretty rugged area. The terrain looks really rugged. There's really no roads that are built through there, and there's no population that seems to be able to commute through that area. So I think it's one of the the most, like, undeveloped places in North America. 
I don't know if that's true, though. It's it's a astounding place, though. It's really very cool. There's there's roads that cut through. There's some gravel roads that that, uh, that go through a number of those places. And if I understand right, there's a lot of trips that go through the Snake River that cuts through that deepest section of the gorge there. Uh, I think as it flows out toward the Columbia. Um, but yeah, in that section, that deep valley is where the Columbia River, or excuse me, where the Snake River flows. And then up past that, you see how high that elevation gets as it comes up to those seven little peaks, those little summits that uh, that make up the seven devils inside Idaho. But yeah, it really looks like badlands out there. I'd hate to get uh, lost out there back in the 1800s. Oh my gosh, that'd be a killer. What a tough time. But beautiful out there uh, if you just have a truck where you can uh, do a weekend trip, drive out, check it out, and uh, get some cool photographs of the spot. So, um, yeah, thanks for giving that a look. That's probably what this podcast format will uh, will start to be over time is, uh, is me talking about uh, the pictures in the list to, uh, to go out today, stuff I was doing, things that were going on if I, uh, if I start making like a daily or every other day kind of podcast. But, uh, yeah, go on to Instagram or uh, Facebook, 500px, Flickr, Twitter, wherever, and you should be able to take a peek at uh, the photographs that I'm putting up on the social media feed uh, for each of those. Um, oh, yeah, also go to the billynewmanphoto.com forward slash blog address. You can check out uh, all the social media posts or all the photographs that I'm putting up there. That's really what they are, social media posts. What am I talking about? I'm really just trying to share my photographs and... Uh, some of the the things about them. So uh, thanks for tuning in to uh, this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. You can catch in or check in with me again in the next couple of days when I put another one up. Thanks a lot. Bye.